Uh, this morning, we're going to be continuing our series on Jeremiah, uh, the weeping prophet, the prophet who had boldness and courage, and it ultimately cost him his life uh, to speak to uh, the, the truth of God in a culturally hostile environment. Uh, a man whose prophetic warnings about the fall of the people who didn't come back to God uh, eventually came true. And a man who, in the midst of all his doom and gloom, kept pointing to a light and a hope uh, for the people of, of, uh, of, of God. Um, I want to ask a question at the start. All right? I want to just ask, if, uh, are we going to be a people that point, and, and point people towards Jesus no matter what? That's my question at the start. Are we going to be a people who point others towards Jesus, towards a hope of Jesus? Uh, that's why over the coming months, uh, we're going to be going deeper into the prophetic words of Jeremiah, uh, which is still speaking to the church today, still speaking to the heart of the church today, to our church jubilee. So if you've got a Bible, you might want to start turning or scrolling in your apps or whatever it is these days to Jeremiah 36. Should come up on the screen, yep, okay. So when I first got this, uh, this title, The Problem with Power, right, my first thought was, oh, here we go, I've been stitched up again by the elders, giving me the hardest talk. <laughs> Always happens to me. But actually, um, when I got into this, this, it's a really exciting passage. There's so much to learn from this, um, from what it means to, to have the problems with power with not putting God first, dethroning God, ignoring God, doing things on our own. The problem with power is huge. It's real and it's relevant in our lives today. So before I get on to the problem with power, I just want to explore the passage a little bit, give you some background into what's being said in the book of Jeremiah here. Um, so we're going to start reading from Jeremiah uh, 36. Um, so it should come up, hopefully. Be on the screen. There we go. So during the fourth year that Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, was king in Judah, the Lord gave this message to Jeremiah. Get a scroll and write down all my messages against Israel, Judah, and other nations. Begin with the first message back in the days of Josiah and write down every message right up to the present time. Okay, let's stop for a second there. I'm going to unpack this bit by bit, all right, because there's a lot in here. Okay, so what God's doing here is... God is asking a massive, massive task of, Jerem of, uh, of Jeremiah. Okay. God is asking him to do something massive. He's asking him to write down every prophetic word he's ever given. All right. And bear in mind here that Jeremiah is a prophet, so pretty much all he does is give prophetic words. All right. So that's just like, I was thinking about this the other day, and that's like me. All right. I'm only 24, by the way. 25 on Thursday, if you want to get me a card. <laughs> hey. Um, I'm only 24, and that's like God asking me to write down every single small group talk, preach, school assembly, testimony, youth group talk that I've ever done. And there's been a few. That gives me a headache. But imagine every single talk for your whole life when you're a prophet and all you do is talk. That's a nightmare. But this being God, don't forget God never calls us to anything we can't handle. Really important at the start, yeah? Um, back in the day, all right, when this was uh, being done, things weren't generally written down. So this was the first time, really, that we see the scripture that we now know being written down. So this is an important time. All right, back in the day, uh, people used to just tell each other stories. Nothing was written down, they used to just tell each other stories. And this was a pretty accurate way of doing it, but God asked for something completely different, something out of the ordinary. He asked Jeremiah to write down the messages, all right? Let me get some water. Slow down. <laughs> Hey, okay, so, <laughs> so um, moving on a little bit, what Jeremiah did, he was in prison at this time, all right, 
Um, he was in prison, so he, got, he asked his scroll, his, uh, his scribe, sorry, Baruch, to go and give these messages to the temple, to go and take these words that he'd written down and tell the people about him, to give these warnings to them. So, uh, move on a little bit with the passage. There we go. The king sent Jehudi to get the scroll. Jehudi brought it from Elishima's room and read it to the kings as all his officials stood by. It was late autumn and the king was in a winterized part of the palace, sitting in front of the fire to keep warm. Each time Jehudi finished reading three or four columns, the king took a knife and cut off that section of scroll. He then threw it into the fire, section by section, until the whole scroll was burned up. So there you go. I bet this king thought he was pretty clever, didn't he? I bet he thought he was top boy, to use a Teesside term. Thought he was top boy, throwing the, uh, the scrolls into the, into the fire. What the king was saying here was that he didn't need God's warnings. He was saying, I'm too powerful for God's warnings. I don't need to hear them. He was saying that God's um, warnings were, were important enough to be burnt in the fire. The king decided to go it alone. He decided that his power was more important than God's and he didn't need to hear this message from God. Big, big mistake. So there you go first hand. That's one of the problems with power. But we're going to get into this a little bit more now. All right, I've got three points today since we're in church. Got to have three points, don't we? Okay, my three points are the problems of power are they stop you from looking up, they stop you from looking out, it stops you from looking in. Okay, do it with me here. We need actions in church from arms, okay? So the problem of power is, it stops you looking. It stops you looking. It stops you looking. It stops you looking up, out, and in. All right, amazing. You look good dancers, you lot. Okay. <laughs> now, if you remember nothing else from today, if you remember up, out, in, you've got pretty much the whole talk. All right? There we go. So the power we're talking about here, to be clear, all right, is not putting God in his place. Do you get that? It's going at it alone and thinking we don't need God. It's, uh, it's removing God from his rightful place at the centre of our lives. As opposed to just talking about power, I'm talking about the abuse of power and the hold that can have on our lives sometimes. Are you with me at the start, yeah? Great. Now, one example of power in our lives is when we think we've made it. All right? Now, I'm not just talking about financially. I don't just mean when you've got a great job or a huge house. I mean any time things are going well. It can be about your talents, something you're good at. It could be about football for me, if I was any good, but I'm not. <laughs> it can be about your ministry as well. Power can be about when you get so excited about the work you're doing and you think it's all about you. Even the work you're doing supposedly for God. Does that make sense? Power is any moment you think you've made it and any moment you think that you don't need God. Yeah? If you look at history books, people who've had power in the past... Politicians have had influence, but it's led to disaster, yeah? Celebrities have had fame and fortune, but it's led to disaster. Even church leaders have had powerful, huge churches with many disciples, but again, it leads to disaster. So let's make this clear. Power is often about pride in our lives, yeah? Something which is definitely against God. And a lot of the problems of power stem from pride. Yeah, you with me? Great. Now, point one, and probably the most serious problem with power, it stops you looking up. Of course it does, yes. Okay. Um, so, have you ever been going through a period of your life when things have been going really, really well? Do you know you go through those times and work's going well, church is going well, and life is genuinely just going well for you? You've been through them times before, yeah? 
that's sometimes a real dangerous place to be. Because those times in your life, they should speak real testimony of God. Yeah? Your first thought when things are going well should be, praise God, thank you God. That should be your first thought. But in reality, it's not like that at all. Our life should be giving glory alive uh, to God. These situations where things are going well are a perfect opportunity to speak a testimony of all God's doing in your lives. That's right, isn't it? It says it in the Bible in 1 Thessalonians, give thanks to God in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Black and white, praise God in all things, especially when things are going well. That makes sense, doesn't it? Unfortunately, though, that doesn't happen, does it? Instead of praise God, it's praise Gavin, isn't it? Instead of look how great God is, it's look how great I am. We've all been there, haven't we, yeah? Instead of giving thanks to God and celebrating all he's doing in your life, It's all about how good you can be. Now, I want to tell you a quick story here because my life speaks perfectly about the problems of power. Or at least it did a couple of years ago, yeah? I remember when we had had Don Smith a couple of weeks ago. How good was it to have those guys, by the way? Was it amazing? Hello, somebody? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Now, Don Smith was doing a talk um, while he was here and he was talking about preaching. And he said, when you preach... You need to make yourself vulnerable. You need to share some of your own failings with the church. And that's good for me because I have a lot of failings. <laughs> so I remember, okay, maybe five years or so ago, um, I was working as a youth worker in Darlington. All right. And my job involved going into schools and telling kids about Jesus. All right. I was leading lunchtime groups, school assemblies, even the odd RE lesson, believe it or not. Things were amazing. Not only that, but I was also leading the students and 20s group in my old church. I was studying theology at university. I was part of a a leadership team there as well. Okay, I was um, preaching and leading Sunday mornings in my old church. All right. From the outside, it looked like I was the most holy guy ever and my whole life was about serving God. Well, that wasn't it, honestly. Life became all about me and about how great I could be. I mean, I'm cringing now, all right, but I remember standing up in my old church uh, preaching on Sunday morning, okay? Now, Haley will know this. I have this routine where I practice my preachers in front of the mirror. It's just what I do so I can look at my body language and whatever. Now, I remember standing up in church uh, in Kings and Darlington and saying that while I'd been practicing my preaching in front of the mirror, I'd got uh, distracted by my own reflection because of how good-looking I was. Now, that is embarrassing. But you know what? I believed it. I don't now, <laughs> but I believed it. I gave God no glory. I loved me. Life was about me. How good am I? It was the Gavin show completely. How much I could achieve, how many lives I could change. Honestly, on the outside, it looked amazing, but it wasn't. I was doing things in God's name, but I wasn't doing them for God. I was doing them for me. I stopped praying. I stopped reading my Bible. I stopped waiting on God and I just kept ploughing on, doing everything I could to earn me praise and glory. And let me tell you, that's a really, really, really bad place to be. Uh, Throughout the next six months, God changed my life completely. Uh, A series of crazy events left me to leave my youth work job, uh, drop out of university, uh, step down from leading in my old church, um, stop going into schools, stop doing assemblies, stop preaching, stop helping out of youth work. God was doing something massive with me. My life was falling apart around me, but God was doing something amazing through that. Do you know what? I stood there, October 2011, on my 21st birthday, all right, not as this amazing man of God that I thought I had been. I stood there as a guy with no job, 
no qualifications, no ministry, nothing. And let me tell you, that is the most amazing my life's ever been. Why? Because God taught me amazing things. Do you know what? I stood there in that moment and I thought, God, this has to be about you. My life has to reflect you. From now on, it's not about me, but it's about you. I'm going to give my glory to you and you alone. And that's where I started from. And that's where, guys, we should be starting from, yeah? In, in, um, in the nosedive of my life, God was teaching me amazing lessons. It was painful, but it, it was working for my good. Um, as a church, okay, we need to be people who are rooted in God. I remember God complete, completely took me apart and built me back up again, all right, because I had to make it all about God. What does the Bible say? It says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, yeah? All things we do is because Christ gives us strength, Yeah? The ministries we're involved in, the areas we serve, that's because God's working in us, yeah? It isn't about us. It should never, ever, ever be about us. Why? Because that's pride, isn't it? And that's a problem with power. Yeah, Jubilee, let me tell you, God, God is where your glory goes, yeah? God is where your hope comes from, and God is where your praise goes back to. Please, please don't ever let it be about yourself. Look at the lessons of my life, yeah? Don't let it be about yourself. Let it be about him and him alone. But if it ever becomes about you, if that happens, if you start relying on yourself, wake up and go right back to God, yeah? Because God is restoring and God is faithful and forgiving. Remember that, yeah? God is restoring, faithful and forgiving. Look at the passage. The king thought he was pretty important, didn't he? He thought he was more important than God. And that got him to a really, really bad situation. He ended up in big, big trouble. Our lives should reflect God and he should be given all of the glory, yeah? Remember, in all things, look up to God. Yeah, in all things, look up to God. Praise God, thank God, and spend time seeking God's will. Yeah? Spend time seeking God's will. Act only when God calls you. Big, massive one. I learned this lesson from Matthew recently. Uh, he was talking about work. And he's, uh, I looked shocked. <laughs> um, and Matthew said, no, I could get another job tomorrow, but I'm waiting for God to call me. That's huge. That helped me a lot recently, actually. Um, do you know what? Act only when God calls you, yeah? The problem with power is, is the devil uh, tries to get a foothold in your life through power, yeah? Um, the devil knows we can't do things in our own strength, uh, and he knows that by looking at ourselves, when we eventually fall down, we won't be able to get back up, yeah? Do you know that? Because in life, things are always going to go wrong. We're always going to fall down. But if we're not focusing on God and looking up at him, there's no way we can get back up. Yeah, you get that? Yeah. Guys, the only way, this is really important, if you've got your notepads, write it down. The only way we can do God's work is because we are under his authority, yeah? Look at the Great Commission, Matthew 28. Jesus gives us authority to go out and make disciples. But we can only be given that authority because we are under his authority. Yeah? We have no power that God hasn't given us, and we have no authority that God hasn't given us. It's all from him. Remember that, yeah? We are under his authority, but in his grace, he gives us freedom, and in his freedom, he gives us power, yeah? Come on, that's exciting. Why aren't we excited about this, yeah? Guys, to be released out into the world as God wants us to be, to go out and make disciples, we need to submit everything to God, yeah? Submit everything to God. We need to give him everything. We need to hear from him and act on that. It's all about God. If you go at it in your own strength, 
you'll do okay for a while, I was doing okay for a while, but eventually you'll fall down. Pride will take over, all right? Let God have control. As a church, we want to go and we want to be released. Yeah, we want, as, as you guys, as a people, to be released into the community, but you need to be rooted in God first, yeah? Without that, we're going nowhere, all right? So that's the first problem with power. It stops you looking. Oh, there we go. Someone's awake. The second problem of power is it stops you looking. There we go. All right, it's Christians. It's pretty simple, all right? Pretty simple. We're called to look out. Of course we are, yeah? It's really important. I know it's important because one of the last things Jesus says on earth. Go out, yeah? Get out and make disciples, yeah? To make disciples, though, um, we need to be looking outwards, don't we? Yeah? For some people, okay, uh, we find it difficult to look out because we spend too much time looking in at ourselves, yeah? Pride and power makes us spend time looking in. Does that make sense? It happens all the time. We get so content with how our own life is going, how our own church is going, how our own ministries are going, how our own groups are going, that we forget to look out. We forget to look to others, yeah? Others can seem distant. Others might contaminate us in some way. Um, don't hang around with them, that's dangerous. Yeah, that is wrong. When you have an excess of power, when life becomes all about you, you only look at yourself and not at others. That's dangerous, yeah? We need to be looking out. When God isn't the thing that captivates you, that inspires you, that encourages you, we forget what we can do, uh, what God can do through us, and we start looking at what we can do on our own. Does that make sense, yeah? We need to look at what God can do through us for others. You with me? It's what God can do through us for others. Now, I love being part of the football team, the newly named Jubilee Church FC. Uh, excellent 4-0 win yesterday, by the way. Um, you all look really excited about that. Okay, but the good thing about that team is, all right, it's a group of guys serving others through our actions, yeah? It's God working through us to serve others, yeah? And Alan and Rob, it's amazing to be part of that. Carry on what you're doing. It's an amazing work, yeah? Especially when we win. <laughs> Moving on. A person who's humble... A person who gives God power and control, that person begins to feel passionate about the things God feels passionate about. Yeah? You with me? That person begins to feel passionate about others. When we start looking at others, we begin to serve more, don't we? And what is serving seen as? Unfortunately, serving seen as the opposite of power. I don't know why, but serving is seen as the opposite of power. In reality, okay, serving is the most powerful thing you can do. Yeah, yeah? Serving is the most powerful thing you can do, Jubilee. Hear that. Jesus, the most powerful man ever to walk the earth, was known as the servant king. Yeah? Serving is really, really important. But one of the problems of power is it stops us from being servants. Yeah? We need to model our lives on Christ, on Jesus, the servant king. It says in Mark 10, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Yeah? And give his life as a ransom for many. That's Jesus, the servant king. And we need to model ourselves on that, yeah? And don't forget, really important this, looking out and serving isn't just done in the big things. It isn't just done in the massive ministry trips or the amazing outreach events we do. No, it isn't done by the hundreds and hundreds of unbelievers we see. No, it's done in the day-to-day, in the small things. Is that right? Yeah, yeah? Um, when you start to forget about power and look at God and you think about serving, you begin to realise that's done in your day-to-day life. Yeah? In fact, I'm going to go as far as to say that when you forget about power 
and start looking outwards, you don't even have to think about serving. It comes naturally. Yeah? When you forget about power and start looking at God, you don't even have to think about serving. Don't worry about it. Look to God first, yeah? Let me tell you a story about this. Um, a couple in my old church demonstrated this to me perfectly, all right? They demonstrated to me the importance of looking out and opening your lives to others, yeah? So these guys, let me get some water first. It's a long story, okay? So these guys in my old church, okay, they'd been blessed with a massive house, uh, which was on four floors, loads of bedrooms, and loads of money, okay? These guys were rich and had a massive house, okay? On the outside, these guys looked like the most powerful people you could think of, yeah? Money and massive house. Two of the things that define power in our society, isn't it, yeah? And for some people, that would lead to um, a power trip where they felt really, really important, yeah? But not these guys. These guys recognised that God had blessed them with the house and the money. So they were determined to use that for God's, good, uh, for God's glory. Does that make sense? So what they did is, they decided to open up their home and their lives to other people. They had this massive house with loads of spare rooms. They opened them up to lodgers to live with them. And they didn't just let them live with them, but they opened their lives to them, ate with them, cooked for them, uh, all kinds of stuff, okay? And that made a massive difference to these people's lives, these lodgers. I know that because I was one. I lived with these guys, all right? For four years I lived with them. And let me tell you, them serving me, them opening their lives for me in the everyday, changed my life, all right? They showed me and demonstrated God to me so much in that, all right? While I was living with those guys, um, I learned how to pray, I learned how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I learned what it meant to serve. I learned what it meant to open your life to someone else. All right? These guys demonstrated serving to me perfectly, yeah? They served me in the day-to-day and gave God glory through that. And that is what serving is about, yeah? It's about the day-to-day. It's about serving God in what you've been given. Do you get that, yeah? That is what serving is about. And that's what looking outwards is about. It's not really about doing amazing things. That's just part of it. It's not really about seeing people come to Jesus as either. That's just part of it. Serving is about doing God's work and being faithful in what you've got in the day-to-day and putting others first. You with me? Putting others first. The problem with power, you forget that God's the one who gives you everything and you start to feel like you deserve it. As soon as that happens, you stop looking outwards. Yeah? Okay, the final problem with power, it stops you looking in. in. All right. Now, I know some of you will be confused right now because all I've talked about this morning is how power makes you look in. All right. That's true, but actually there's a difference between being self-obsessed yeah, and self-absorbed. That's true, um, but when we forget about God's power and start to believe we can do it on our own, we stop looking at our own faults. Yeah? When we try and go at it on our own, we stop looking at our own sin because we feel like we've earned our blessings. Let me tell you, you can become self-obsessed, uh, so self-absorbed, so unreliant on God that you can't even look at yourself for what you really are. It happens so often. A lot of people will use power as a front, as a way of avoiding looking at what's really going on. Often people will avoid uh, looking at the areas they know they struggle with uh, and, uh, by avoiding God and thinking they can go at it on their own. Does that make sense? People don't look at their own failings because they try and stumble through life on their own. And that's sad, honestly. Um, It's one thing to be self-obsessed, but it's another thing to avoid God because you're too interested in uh, your own faults and failures, yeah? How many people avoid God because they can't face who they are? 
How many people can't face it, the sin that they're living in, so they avoid God? How many people will brush God to one side, not because they want to, but because they can't see any way in which God would want to know them? That happens all the time, doesn't it? Now look at the king in this story. I bet he read those messages, and I bet it probably got to him. But his first thought was to throw them in the fire. Why? Because I bet he couldn't think of a way that God would want to know someone as bad as him. Are you with me? Yeah? Many, many people will avoid God because they can't see a way that God would want to know them. They can't see any way back to God, but that is wrong. Yeah? Jubilee, I want to offer you an encouragement here. Hear what I'm saying to you. Give God the glory and come to him knowing that you're accepted. No matter what you've done, you do not have to go it alone. Yeah, hear this? You do not have to go it alone. You don't have to take the power from God. You have to let God in, yeah? You might be sat there thinking it's easier to go it alone. If God knew what I did last night, if God knew what I was thinking right now, that might be you. Do you know what? Stop. Stop thinking that right now and come to God. Yeah? Let God in. Let God have the power over your life. Come as you are and bring your failures to God, yeah? Come on. Give God the power to break those things in your life. Don't let your sin become the reason you avoid the king. Yeah? Don't let your sin become the reason you avoid the king. You can tweet that if you want. Look, look at the Bible. All right, look in the Bible. A lot of the people God calls into high places of power go through a long journey of being broken first, don't they? Yeah? Look at Moses. He became an outcast before God called him back to lead his people. Yeah? Look at Joseph. He went out and he, he became a slave and he went in prison before God uh, restored him to a place of high authority. Yeah? The Apostle Paul was beaten and imprisoned uh, all for God's glory until God brought him back to a place of high authority. Why does God do this? Why does God let us go through suffering? Because he wants us to be humble. Yeah? He, wants, he uses broken people. God takes us back down to ground zero so that he can build us up again so that he can restore us into power. Yeah? Look, why does he do that, though? Because he loves us. God does it because he loves us. God's got grace for us, yeah? God lets us go through suffering sometimes because God's bigger than that suffering. God's bigger than those situations, yeah? Every time we mess up, God has bigger plans for us. God can use his, those mess-ups for the glory of his kingdom. Do you know that? When you mess up, God can use that for the glory of his kingdom. Look at what's do, what God's doing in your life. Can you see him working in it? Can you? Can you see God working in the situation? Can you see his hand on that situation in your life? If you can't, ask him. Just ask him. Look, if there's anyone here today who feels like they're going through life on their own because there's no way God would ever accept them, I want you to listen to this message and take it in, yeah? God wants to know you. God wants to be in your life. God will accept you. Yeah? You might be living in sin. You might feel like the worst person ever, but God can work with that. Look, God accepts us as we are, but loves us too much to leave us that way, doesn't he? You've heard that quote, yeah? God accepts us as we are, but loves us too much to leave us that way. The problem with power is it leaves us feeling lonely. It leaves us feeling empty. It stops us from looking inside and addressing our issues. It stops us from letting God in. Don't let that happen, yeah? Come as you are to God. Bring your faults and failures and your sin to God, and God can work with you in that, yeah? Don't avoid God's. Look, to finish, I know we've talked a lot about power and about the problems of power today. All right, you might be sat there thinking power is a negative thing, but it's not. 
Look, the things we've been talking about are the problems with power, going it alone and avoiding God's, but actually power isn't a bad thing. As a church, we have a vision of power. Yeah, we have a vision of empowering, receiving God's power, restoring powerful communities, releasing people in power and reaching out to people with God's power, the four R's. Guys, power is important, and it's important to know that you have power, but how is that done? Through Jesus, yeah? Through Jesus. Okay, if you look in the Bible, he tells us everything we need to know about power. Look, Jesus gave up his power. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, gave up his power briefly in the greatest act of serving that the world has ever or will ever see, yeah? He was tortured and mocked and broken in front of a crowd of people, then hung on a cross to die in the most humane, inhumane death ever. Why? Why did he give up his power? So that we, today, can gain God's power. Come on, get excited about that. Come on. Yeah? God died so that we can have power. God gave up his power so that we can have power, so we can sit here as a church empowered by God, yeah? Jesus was broken and died for you and for us so that we can have power. So we no longer live lives that are powerless and hopeless so that we can gain kingdom power. And what does kingdom power look like? It looks like healing, seeing miracles, loving the poor, having influence in high places and not so high places. Jubilee, do we want to keep living and walking in Jesus and the Lord's kingdom power? Yeah? Do we want to keep praying for healing, for miracles? Of course we do. That's exactly what Isaiah 61 is about. God's power being unleashed in the world, into your world, yeah? Do we want to keep serving the poor? All these social action projects, Open Door, Safe Families, Hope, Sparklers, the football team, the parenting courses, the marriage courses, Into Out, Footprints, Food Bank, others, so many. All of these things are acts of kingdom power. They are, aren't they, yeah? Guys, do we know that when we kick a football around, it's kingdom power, yeah? That should excite you. You should be getting excited about that. We're going out and we're serving and we're bringing God's kingdom power into Teesside. Does that excite you? Come on. If, you, if I get the band up, that would be great. I'm nearly done. Look, when you go about your day-to-day life filled with the Spirit, you can display kingdom power. But that's the only way you can do it. As a church, we need to be doing that. Yeah, we need to be displaying God's kingdom power in Teesside. That is our vision as a church, to be displaying kingdom power in Teesside. Guys, when you pray, do you know that you're praying with kingdom power? Do you know that? So we meet on a, on a Wednesday morning for a prayer meeting, 7 a.m., get yourselves there, all right, Melbourne House. We meet, all right, and I sometimes forget at that time in the morning when my eyes are still closed that I'm praying with kingdom power, yeah? When you're praying with God's kingdom power, that should change how you pray. When we pray for Teesside with God's kingdom power in us, that should change how we pray, shouldn't it, Yeah? Jubilee, the last thing I'm going to say to you, okay, is well done. As a church, God's doing amazing things in Teesside through us, yeah? It's such a privilege to be part of this church, but we can do so, so, so much more. How? By being filled with God's Holy Spirit so that we can display and walk in God's power, yeah? I'm going to end with a Bible verse, 2 Corinthians 13. It says, For he was crucified in weakness, but lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but in dealing with you, we will live live with him by the power of God. 
We're powerful people, yeah? Look, I'm going to end uh, in a very simple way, all right? I'm going to end with some prayer and some ministry. I want to get serious for a second, all right? Look, if you feel like any of the problems of power we've talked about today are affecting your life, if you feel like you're going through life on your own, if you feel like you're distant from God, if you feel like you can't reach God, if you feel like you're going through life on your own, I want you to come forwards. We're going to pray for you. We've got a ministry team waiting on standby. Um, come out to the side, come forward. We want to pray for you. If you feel like you're walking through on your own, don't leave this church today like that, yeah? Leave the church today empowered. And-